And welcome to the 104th episode of The Wonderland. I'm your host, Jeff Healy, and for the next 20 minutes or so, I will be taking you on a whirlwind ride through the back alleys, the canyons, craters, and hidden crevices of my mind as we search for meaning and purpose and, I don't know, shiny things, or indeed, really anything else that we might be able to sell for profit. Just joking, of course, but what this show does consist of is my personal take on various aspects of what it means to be a human being on planet Earth in this, the second decade of the 21st century, some of which you may well find amusing, useful or educational, depending on how educated you are already, I suppose. Thrown in for good measure is some improvisational, observational, and surreal comedy, as well as music you've probably not heard before, so don't say I didn't warn you. Anyway, today I want to talk about an activity we all know and secretly love and find ourselves doing automatically almost every single day of our lives. It's something that can be done anytime, anywhere, with no special equipment, no skills of any kind, it leaves no physical residue or smell, and is mostly, in itself, invisible, and possibly even inaudible. And it is complaining. Now, as I have a sneaking suspicion that I might have talked about this topic on a very, very early episode of The Wonderland, I'm going to ask any of you who may have heard and remember that episode to activate selective forgetfulness mode right now and pretend that they have never heard me say any of this before. Okay? Good. Because quite seriously, folks, I do not like repeating myself, even though I know I do it. And as we all know, the older you get, the more it happens. But I like to think that the reason I do it is because everybody else is increasingly forgetful, owing to the fact that there's so much information being thrown at us from every direction, thanks to social media, the electric interwebs, etc, etc. Right? Anyway, look, I reckon that is a pretty good excuse. So. I'm just going to leave that over there and we're going to move right along now and we're going to grab the subject of complaining by the collar and take a bloody good look at it, courtesy of the first regular segment of the show, commonly known to our regular listeners as Theory Time. Yo, you can't know what you can't know. I'm going to tell you what I think I know. And I know what I know. This is what I know. Theory Time. And welcome to Theory Time. Yes, complaining. And you know, it's such a popular pastime that I reckon it could easily become an Olympic event, or at least the subject of, I don't know, some kind of award or a prize. As in this year's Schinkelgruber Prize for complaining goes to... Fill in your name here, or whoever. That sort of thing. I suppose the problem is, though, that because there are so many high-level and gifted whiners out there, it'd actually be incredibly difficult to pick only a few truly exceptional performers who are head and shoulders above the rest. Anyway, as a human function, complaining can be either powerfully effective in improving our lives or a negative, pointless and stupid waste of time, depending what it is we're complaining about. Now, I myself am very adept at complaining. 
having come from a long and distinguished line of whinges, and I often find myself sounding off about stuff that I can't possibly change. And when I catch myself doing that, I do actually feel like a bit of a git. But it's incredibly tempting, isn't it? Especially if we've decided that the pointless complaint is legitimate, in which case we're likely to self-righteously bang on about it forever just because we can. Now, it's human nature for sure, and it's definitely not the only thing in our nature that is counterproductive and somewhat self-destructive, but I reckon it's one of the easier ones to control if we really put our minds to it. And there are so many things we complain about which can't be changed that it's pointless for me to try to list them all. But some of the main targets are men, women, children, teenagers, fanatics, bad drivers, insects, politicians, work, neighbours, the weather, inflation, getting older, taxation, and of course, unwanted hair growth in the wrong places. Yeah, the list goes on. But what I try to do now is as soon as I start to complain about something, I ask myself if I can do anything to change it. And if the answer is no, then I stop whinging and focus on something else. Now, the problem is that it's not the same as not complaining in the future about something because expressing dissatisfaction is so hardwired into our brains that it would be probably impossible and would take nothing short of a lobotomy to stop doing it completely. So am I suggesting lobotomies for everyone? Well, no, not for absolutely everyone, anyway. Hmm. But there's another side to this. And I think it needs to be considered, folks, before we give complaining zero points on the scoreboard for autonomous human responses. Limited pointless complaining can actually be therapeutic, as it tends to fall under the letting off steam heading, which means as long as you complain about something only once, or maybe twice, and to a different person, unless it's a cat or a dog or a budgie or a goldfish, because they won't know what you're talking about anyway, you get a pass. And then there's complaining about things that can and should be changed, the most civilised form of which is voting, followed by effective public demonstrations, strikes, civil unrest, and it all gets messier from there. And then there's even complaining about complaining, which is also widespread and sometimes necessary too, depending, of course, on your particular point of view. So to sum up, folks, here's a riddle for you. Question, how do you know if someone's really dead? Answer, they're not complaining about anything. This is what I know. Theory time. And on that unexpectedly macabre note, we say farewell to today's episode of Theory Time. I believe it was the late Tony Bennett who once said, you can't think on your feet if you're sitting on your ass." Well, somebody called Bennett. I don't know, possibly Brett Bennett. Anyway, the point is that standing up is better than sitting down. For all sorts of reasons. But right now, folks, it's time to assume a position of relative relaxation as we cruise casually into our next segment, which is, of course, Song of the Day. Now, today's musical treat comes to us from none other than me. And this is a new single now out on the music streaming services, and it's called Wrong. Take a listen.
wrong, wrong Sometimes it's gonna go wrong And the best laid plans of mouse and man Can save you from the subject of my song That's unless I'm wrong Take a nap and you might just feel a bit better You might feel better It's the first single from my next album, which should be out later on this year. So I'll be keeping you all up to date on that one as launch time approaches. Speaking of up to date, we are now going to have at the next segment in today's show without any further ado. Because I, for one, could do with some... Good Times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. Well, Kevin, welcome. Ah. Thank you, Jeff. It's so nice to be here. It's nice that you're there as well, because if you're there, you can't be here. So that's <laughs> that's really good. I mean, exactly. it's good for you, Kevin. It's good for you. I'm not. Well, it could be good for me, depending on on a whole host of things, and I don't know what they would be. Anyway, Kev, welcome to Good Times. Great to have you here. It's been a while. Um, it's good to be. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, has been a while. But listen, I've had I've, I've been thinking today, and uh, you know, I. Uh, 
That's I got a dangerous. Phone. Yeah, it is dangerous. I got a, a phone call from a, from a friend of mine earlier who called me just as I was waking up from my nap, and <laughs> <laughs> who would that I have been? don't know who that could have been. But anyway, <laughs> but it, but it's strange. It's strange, isn't it, how sometimes when that sort of thing happens, you know, out of the fury that you feel woken up from a deep sleep, <laughs> you you actually plumb plumb the depths of artistic creation and come up with something that sounds like a half reasonable Goodness. half reasonable idea on a on a you know mediocre night. Anyway, here it is, Kev. And <laughs> okay, I, okay I want okay, I want you to consider this, Kevin. You've yep. been made a job offer. Now, the job offer pays €83,333.33 a month. However, oh, my God. Yeah, which is pretty good, right? But it requires you yeah. it, it requires you to do something incredibly stupid, embarrassing, something in public at regular intervals for the rest of your life. Okay? Now, I know you don't want to say yes to this job immediately. You're probably tempted. I know you're tempted. But... But I have to tell you what those things are, right? You ready for this? Okay, okay. I'm ready. Okay, okay, here Somewhat. it is. All right, so twice a day for two hours, three days a week <laughs> for, the, for the next... Like you thought of this as you're waking up from your, from your nap. Yep, absolutely. Like with some annoying person calling you. You have no idea how my brain works. Anyway, twice a day for two hours, three days a week for the next 33 years... You have to, in order to get that salary, and I know you're interested. Hang on, I've just got to sip a, a little of my drink that I have here. I'm totally interested. I'm totally interested. Well, you would you be. know me, Jeff. I know you, Kev. Yeah, you know. I know you. Anyway, you have to stand completely naked on a minibus made entirely out of magnified glass, <laughs> driving at a brisk walking pace. <laughs> right? You with me? Driving I'm at a brisk, you. it's driving at a brisk walking pace through the streets of a random American city during rush hour. During which, Kevin, you are enthusiastically reciting verbatim all of the lyrics to all of the songs from the first album of Boney M. Right. That's the most ridiculous thing I'm not finished. you've ever said. But I'm not finished That's yet. Ridiculous. Right, you're doing that. Oh you were doing so that. It's a magnifying glass. No, you're doing that. Bus. Doing it. <laughs> you were doing this through a golden. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, folks. He's not always like this. Go ahead. Only if, no, no. Only if I can make him like this. Through. <laughs> now. <clears throat> Kevin, you're doing this through a golden megaphone whilst simultaneously <laughs> jumping up and down, yeah. and between great, between with great fanfare, yeah, yeah, and between each song, yelling in a loud, clear, high-pitched voice, "Donald Trump, here we come." Okay. Now, before you get, before you is start, there any need to go? Is there <clears throat> any need to go any further? Right well, no, no. I mean, well, no, no, no. But, but clearly, you would have issues with the, with the terms of the contract. However, you may decide that, given the rather extensive salary provided, you, you'd think about it before you said yes or no. Now, I should point out, Kev, that there is a clause in this contract that states mm. the contract mm. can only be terminated if you agree to be. 
on no less than seven occasions between January 9th... <laughs> between, <laughs> between January 2024... <laughs> OK, go ahead. Bet- between January 2024 and September 20, 2037, you agree, to be, you agree to be televised live performing... The entire Boney M catalogue at Madison Square Garden wearing wearing nothing but a loose-fitting star-spangled jockstrap and supported supported by a Lebanese Salvation Army cover band. That makes total sense uh, it gets better to go and throw up it, it gets better much. who are not really familiar with any of the material <laughs> okay now kev 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 before you get and too i excited. can't become familiar with it well, so i'm not allowed to become familiar with it no no but they, well you know you can you can be as familiar as you want but they're not familiar with it and they just turn up on oh. the night with their instruments such as they are and you're just ushered on stage you know, with perfect sound, lighting, and everything, and a completely full house on every single occasion, because this is this is advertised. This is na- this is televised internationally live, Kev. Right? So that's exciting. Now, uh, another little thing here in the contract: you have to pay for your own travel and accommodation too. But but it says here there may be sandwiches and fruit provided for some of the shows, subject to availability. Jeff, that's Kev, the most. It's really, there's something wrong with you. You must see a doctor. But, Kevin, that's a million bucks a year. God, you figured it out, of course. You well, went, well I did. A million divided by well, $83,333.33 is uh, a million bucks a year. There you have it. Well, I'd consider it. Good Times with Big Jeff and Little Kev. And little Kevin, I will be back with more good times on the next episode of The Wonderland. So anyway, two words popped into my tiny mind last night at the same time. And the combination of those words suggested a whole lot of interesting stuff. Not the least of which is the title of a movie not yet made. God and Aliens. God and Aliens. Sounds weird, eh? Actually, let me think about that. God and aliens. How about aliens and God? Aliens and God. God and aliens. God and God. I don't know. Anyway, hmm. semantic satiation, as they say. All right. This whole subject seems to have thought of the day written all over it, right? So let's stop buggerizing around and let's get stuck into it properly on Jeff's thought of the day. And welcome to Thought of the Day. So, it seems to me that all religious and spiritual groups would agree that there's one creator of all things. You know, the heavens, the earth, and all the other stuff in the universe, and anything that might happen to inhabit any of that stuff. And those of you who subscribe to any of these beliefs will also no doubt have a name that you routinely use for whoever or whatever is responsible for the existence of everything. You know, God or the universe or Jehovah, Supreme Being, Head Honcho, the Big Cheese, whatever you want to call him or her or it. But 
For the purposes of this exercise, we'll say God. Now, aliens, as in, you know, extraterrestrials, the ultimate foreigners, if you will. Now, from a logical standpoint, given the amount of credible evidence out there, the sheer size of the universe, and the nature of the space-time continuum, I think we can safely conclude that yes, they do exist. One question in my mind is, how interested in us are they really? And secondly, why would they be? Right? Also, there seems to be this common assumption that any alien civilization would be vastly more technologically developed than ours. But what if they're less developed? What if they're like, I don't know, complete morons? And, you know, and that's a bit of a stretch comparing them to us. Now, I'm not saying that any of those scenarios are likely, but neither should they be dismissed. I just think we should open our minds to the possibilities, and possibilities other than those routinely suggested by Hollywood and science fiction at large. And now, back to God, and in particular, where God might stand on the subject of extraterrestrials. Thus, God's stand on extraterrestrials would be the same as that of any parents on their kids, even though God has, of course, managed to be a bit more prolific. And so, as far as God would be concerned, there are no aliens, there are just entities we haven't met yet. Now, you'd think that anyone embracing spirituality or a deity-based belief system has to go beyond global thinking and into universal thinking and conclude that every entity must logically share the same creator. But still, some religious groups are uncomfortable with the concept of aliens, possibly because they feel that incontrovertible evidence of their existence would destabilise the tenets on which some of those religious organisations have been constructed, which I think would be absolutely fantastic. Interestingly, the Vatican seems to be open-minded of late on the subject of extraterrestrial life, which is a nice surprise. But, you know, what really concerns me is this. What if other civilizations have completely different humour guidelines to ours, to say nothing of their tastes in, I don't know, music? I mean, could the songs of Barry Manilow, Kanye West, Dua Lipa, The Beatles or Pink Floyd somehow trigger an intergalactic war based on points of cultural creative difference? I mean, would an aggressive and technologically superior alien race destroy our planet simply because it didn't find Monty Python or Seinfeld or Faulty Towers or Ted Lasso or the Three Stooges or Donald Trump's hair amusing in the least? God only knows, and I do mean that literally. But if I had to guess, I'd say we'll probably destroy the planet ourselves before anybody else has the chance. And if that doesn't make them laugh, nothing will. I think, I think it was the thought of the day. And that's it for today's somewhat fatalistic but not entirely far-fetched edition of Thought of the Day. And this bumper episode of The Wonderland. Anyway, thanks for listening everyone. And thanks to Little Kev for his ever-present wisdom on our Good Times segment. Now, if you've enjoyed today's show, please leave us a comment and slash or a rating on whichever platform you're listening on and spread the word if you know someone who might actually enjoy this type of nonsense. 
For now, though, I'm heading back to the real world just long enough to come up with more nuggets of unassailable wit and wisdom. So just keep breathing, folks, and stay tuned for the next instalment of The Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Gotta get back to Jeff's Wonderland.